Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to episode 126 of the Cloudcast. This is our 55th and final show of 2013. Uh, you know, we're doing it after the holidays. We hope everybody had a great set of holidays. Everybody's well-rested heading into 2014. And, of course, this is the one where everybody's getting over coughs and colds. And so you may, uh, this one may be full of, of hacking and sneezing and wheezing and so forth. So, Aaron, how are you today? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, just still recovering from holidays, but doing really good. good, good. How about you, man? How was your holidays? Holiday was good. Uh, had some family in town, but not too, too much. And uh, the kids, the kids had a good time. Opened some presents, and uh, nobody got violently sick. So that was uh, that was a win. I call that a win. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> so uh, we were we were joking around. We haven't done a show in a couple of weeks. We probably haven't thought a whole lot about technology in a couple of weeks. But we felt like we should get one out the door before the end of the year. Um, so before we get to that, though, um, we need to say a huge thank you. We haven't touched on this in a couple of weeks. We want to say a huge thank you to everybody who's been helping us raise money for uh, the, the Krispy Kreme run, the donut run, and, of course, the North Carolina Children's Hospital. We are past 40% in our goal. Uh, we got about uh, six, seven more weeks until we run. Uh, so thank you very much for everybody who's contributed money, whether it's been you know at a kind of corporate and sponsorship level or individual level. So you guys are, you guys are awesome. Um, hopefully in 2014, folks may want to give a little bit more. Um, if you do, there's a big uh, donate button on the cloudcast.net website. You can, uh, you can help us out with that. But thank you so much to everybody so far. And uh, we're looking forward to it. Have you been running some? Have you been training? I was until this week. Um, <laughs> so I was running. I was actually doing really good. And then the holidays hit, and I've done nothing but eat cookies and, you know, lots of holiday junk. And I'm sure I've gained five or ten pounds, and I haven't run a bit. Right. So this could be really interesting. There's no way I'm going to be prepared at this point. So this might be ugly. Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> that's my worry. I think we were we were talking too early about how we were going to be prepared for it. And, and people didn't think we were going to throw up, which I think is pretty much... Beyond, beyond the charity part, I think the most interesting piece for most people. So uh, there is a good chance that, that neither one of us are going to make it, um, whether physically or uh, you know, uh, gastrologically make it this year. So there's, there's still that option out there. There's still that chance. So, um, so let's jump into this. We, we decided uh, we're not going to do the blogger predictions for 2014 thing because we don't know what the hell we're talking about. Uh, but we thought we'd look back on 2013. We haven't done a news show in forever. Um, we haven't done sort of a commentary show in forever. Um, so we thought we'd uh, we'd hit on some of the big topics, uh, throw some ideas out there, and uh, and see what sticks. Well, and the, but the reason we've never done a commentary or haven't done one in a long time is because no one cares what we think. So that's true. If anyone that's listens, true. this will be impressive. But <laughs> so looking back on, on 2013, Brian, what what was like some of your biggest stories and takeaways? You know. I, the more I the more I was thinking about this when we were kind of kind of making some notes up, I don't know that 2013 was a huge like big story year. I kind of feel like it was a big um, uh, year in terms of like people getting all their you know vendors, cloud providers, technology foundations, kind of like getting all their pieces together on the big game of the big chessboard of 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 this. And I, and I think 2014 is going to end up being sort of the year people go to war. Right? You're seeing you're seeing technology groups, technology vendors, technology cloud providers going, I now have a bunch of assets and I have a bunch of money 
and uh, everybody it's time, it's time to shit or get off the pot yeah pretty much I mean, people, <laughs> it kind of is I mean it's like I'm building a platform I'm building technology that impedes on somebody else's swim lane um, and and the net net of that is uh, you know a lot of the partnerships that maybe were were uh, you know important in the early parts of or the late parts of the the aughts um, you know may become more difficult and uh you know, I think, you know, the other side of that is for anybody who's implementing this stuff or trying to integrate it, um, it may become much easier if you want to buy from, from a certain group or buy from a certain open source foundation or something or user, but it could also make your life much, much more complicated because now you've got networking companies doing storage and you've got cloud companies trying to do on-premise stuff and, and everywhere in between. And uh, so that, that was the biggest takeaway for me is sort of the lack of a big story, but the, the you know, everybody was getting prepped for what's going to be an interesting next couple of years. Yeah, and I'd you know I'd probably say too, you know when I think about just companies or products or projects or foundations, you know the biggest ones I'm thinking of that definitely had the most buzz around them this year, um, AWS of course. Yep. Um, you know Amazon just keeps getting keeps getting bigger and bigger. You know the reInvent conference was I don't know roughly twice as big as the previous year and definitely had a VM world like feel to it this year. Yep. Um, the OpenStack, of course, I think OpenStack has has reached a critical mass. Whether that's good or not, or actually making progress, is something you know we can talk about a little bit later in the show in more depth. And probably the other one we were joking about is is the NSA. The NSA kind of watching everyone and everything, and, and intruding on all the projects and our lives. And and uh, you know, I've always been of the opinion. Well, I assumed they were doing any uh, doing it anyway, so I don't know that I gave a crap. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think I care about that. I definitely don't care about it nearly as much as other people do. Um, uh, yeah, they've been doing it. They've been doing it for ten plus years. The fact that people all of a sudden think it's happening. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't worry about that one too much. Um, Just assume you're being watched, people. Yeah, well, and of, and of course, <laughs> yeah, and, and and of course, you know, it kind of goes without saying. Twenty thirteen was the year of VDI, and twenty fourteen will be the year of VDI. In twenty fifteen, no, 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 it'll be desktop as a service. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. And what? Well, no. Here's here's the, the only prediction I'll make for twenty fourteen. We won't be covering VDI in this show once again, as we didn't in twenty thirteen. So, you can look forward to that. Um, all right. So, <laughs> so this is the big. Those are the big stories. What, what do you think about in terms of? Where our industry, the cloud computing industry, where did it make the biggest gains? What are still the biggest gaps uh, or, you know, gaps or opportunities out there? Well, you know, probably the biggest thing I saw this year was was the entire infrastructure as a service almost became plumbing all of a sudden. It went from this emerging technology to everyone just assumes it's there and it works and they're building things on top of it, whether it's platform as a service or, you know, all of these other things. Like the Cumulogic show we did recently, you know, load balancing as a service, firewall as a service, all these other things are building on top of infrastructure as a service. But at the same time, has infrastructure as a service as a platform matured enough? Um, it almost seems like everyone's moving on to the next shiny thing without necessarily finishing up the previous project. It's a, you know, I don't know if that's a Silicon Valley attention deficit disorder kind of thing going on or, or what. Um, and then where the, the, the new focus seems to be is now SDN. Yeah, and I, and I kind of feel like it, it, what ended up happening with the infrastructure as a service kind of stuff is, I mean, quite honestly, I don't know that there's a lot of great, uh, whether it's cloud platform technology or whether it's, you know, public cloud platforms, I don't know that there's a lot of them that you would point to and go, 
they're great. Uh, Amazon obviously does very well. Google's kind of floating around out there. And But in terms of stuff like you can deploy on-premise or even some of the second-tier stuff, yeah, I feel like they kind of got to the point where they went, oh, we're hitting the hard stuff. We're hitting the last 10 to 20%. Let's call it software-defined. And then we get to sort of restart the meter and uh, and kind of, you know, go from there. So, yeah, I, I kind of think that's a huge... I think we made some progress. People are starting to kind of grasp how complicated it is. Um, but it's, I think it's a huge opportunity to it. And I think there's still a huge gap between the open sourcey ones, whether it's OpenStack or, you know, which has a long way to go. We can talk about that later on. Uh, CloudStack, which I think made progress, but nobody knows about it because they're in the Apache Foundation and nobody will do any marketing of anything. Or kind of everything in between that and AWS, right? VMware flipped ships. So they went from vCloud to VCAC or vCloud Suite. And there's there's sort of no lower cost alternative in the middle there. And um, yeah, so that one I think is the biggest you know, potential opportunity um, in terms of, of what's going on. Yeah, and I, and I would say this, you know, if I was somebody starting up a company, which obviously I'm not, but if I was somebody starting up a company, I would actually go after plugging all those holes in infrastructure as a service. When it comes to standing it up in operations post, you know, day one, day zero kind of things, because, you know, things like logging, compliance, metering, you know, uh, alerts and monitoring, a, a lot of those things, everyone kind of stands it up and kind of says it's functional and gives it a green light and a thumbs up. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily address a lot of the operational concerns. Yeah. I, I think I think there's still a lot of gaps in yeah, that today. Yeah, nobody, yeah, nobody's addressing the operational side. I think you know we we talked a couple of years ago or you know a year plus ago. We we used to say companies like you know in Stratius or Right Scale were going to be really important companies that somebody was going to own that technology because you were going to want to be able to use multiple clouds and be able to sort of govern across them and. Um, I think I think the cumulogics, I think like folks like Transcend Computing, people that are building sort of Amazon-like services, so databases as a service and, and, and elastic uh, load balancing as a service, and those things on top of just basically building out VMs. I think somebody's going to be buying those companies. I think those types of services are going to be really important, and those are going to be the things that as people are trying to fill out their service catalogs, they're trying to offer stuff to their development groups or their you know, their internal business groups, that's been lacking. And I think those guys that are building that, I think we're going to find are going to get snatched up and people are going to realize how important it is to own those kind of services or have those services pluggable into an open stack, a cloud stack, a vCloud kind of environment. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, uh, to quote our, our friend Jeremiah Dooley, infrastructure is boring. And and at the end of the day, that infrastructure isn't what is making your business go. It is plumbing, yep. right? And 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 what's what's actually making your business go? Well, it's it's those workloads and services that run on top. And it doesn't matter if you can turn up infrastructure quickly if you can't turn up the service on top of it quickly. Yep. And and that's that's the next step, and that seems to be the next frontier. And yeah, you know, again, we we tend to follow in a lot of the DevOps circles and the developers. Oh, it's PaaS, it's PaaS. But at the end of the day, it's not always PaaS, right? No. It's it's. No, I it's, think there's a big gap between spinning up VMs and whatever the heck PaaS means in your world. Right. Exactly. Which kind of leads us into our next topic, which you know, around the world, because you and I both talk to 
customers everywhere, and and we could you know go to the trade shows and talk to people you know either within our day jobs or, or outside of our day jobs. And and how much do you see this Silicon Valley mindset um, of continuous integration, DevOps, and all of these very cutting edge things? really leading and bleeding over into, you know, I don't know, people here in Raleigh or, you know, people all over the world. Um, Does, do you actually see that on a day-to-day basis? I I think the thing is, so I I think, I think there's a couple misperceptions. I think one is that that it's only a Silicon Valley thing, um, which I I think we, we tend to hear about as a Silicon Valley thing because because those companies get so much press and they're they speak at events and and you know it's the the Facebooks and the Netflix and the Twitters and and all those sort of things. I, I think <clears throat> I don't know that it's, it's a, a Silicon Valley plus Portland thing. Yeah, Silicon Valley <laughs> plus Portland, or right, exactly, or or Seattle. I, I think it really is a um, you know you, you have to separate the is 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 the people that are talking about it um, are, are they is the business that they're involved with primarily about making bits or are they about making kind of more traditional kind of things that you might buy in a store that you might, you know, physical goods or they're doing services or whatever, where, you know, their core business isn't a technology, right? So, you know, you you look around and you go, well, that was a cool keynote or that was a cool, you know, breakout session, but those guys, they're a gaming company. They're a, they're an Etsy kind of company. They're a, you know, they, they do, you know, ad serving, you know, they do analytics and ad serving. And then how many are, hey, they're an insurance company. They, you know, they do manufacturing, they make tractors and automobiles. And um, I don't think that we've reached that stage yet where, where those companies want to get there. But I, I think, I think what's going to be interesting is how many of those kind of companies, so let's say you're, you know, General Motors or Audi or somebody, how many of those guys are trying to figure out how to become like a software company because, you know, everybody's automobile these days has thousands and thousands of, I mean, you know, you go in your car these days and it's like being in an arcade. It's like being in a, you know, it's all technology in there. So I think they're going to have to figure that out. But I think, I think there's still a gap between them and the, the hardcore Silicon Valley, you know, dot-com kind of companies. Well, and, and I agree. And I'll add this. It, for me, it's an awareness versus execution thing. Uh, a lot of customers that I've talked to in 2013, the awareness is now there, which I don't think it was in 2012. So I think the awareness of a lot of these cutting edge, uh, you know, mindsets are there. Absolutely. But then they kind of go, yeah, but how does it fit into my business? How does it fit into my workflow? How does it? And there's always a, at the end of the day, Technology for technology's sake may not necessarily be the right fit for them, right? Does it, does, does, you know, doing continuous integration in DevOps help me build tractors factor, faster? Right. right. Um, it, and, and I think sometimes there's that thing where you go, yes, we do 2,000 updates a day. We do 5,000 pushes a day. And there's people who are literally going, I would love to do one update a day. Can you, can you show me how to do like one update a day because I want to get from one update a month to, to one a week or something? Right. And, and that piece, I think, is still, you know, like back it down from the Ph.D. level of stuff down to like one one level stuff. I think there's a big opportunity for people to go. I could help you do those basic things faster. And maybe it is just getting updates out to your your website done faster or, you know, into a piece of code that you're trying to custom build or something. Yep. And I would say this, too. 
that that leads to a bigger ongoing issue that honestly has been around as long as this podcast has been around, um, and that is the consumerization of a Silicon Valley mindset or Silicon Valley uh, products. Yep. Uh, everything, everything we've talked about over the years, it's always been, you know, product XYZ or theory XYZ. And how do you take that and, and do exactly what you're saying? Get it down to that one-on-one level that everyday mom and pop shops and enterprises can consume easily and show a return on investment easily. You know, it's that low hanging fruit, right? It, it, a lot of the times the things are just too complex and too hard and you can't go, well, you should do that because it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, and it, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, SDN, continuous integration, DevOps, you know, everything we've talked about. It all, a lot of times it's you reach this point where, yeah, it's great. It sounds great. It looks awesome on paper. I would absolutely want to do that. But getting it into your business, the right. implementation is where it kind of falls apart. Well, and it's, and it's, you know, the other side of it is, you know, you start talking about a DevOpsy sort of thing, and we've obviously had some great guests on the show who talk about it. I mean, the other side of it is um, you've got to somehow figure out a way to get your dev and your ops team to, you know, sit down and break bread together, have beers together and so forth. And right now that's still, there's a, there's a massive gap there. Right. And everybody likes to go, well, well, Netflix reinvented their company and, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but does, does that completely apply to you? Uh, you know, <laughs> right. I, and, right. and in some cases it does. And in some cases it doesn't. And, um, you know, that's, that's the other side of it. I, you know, I think the other thing we're, we're, we're realizing with every bit of technology that maybe we didn't before is, there's as much new technology as there is as much people in process uh, and, and organizational change in every one of these new things, whether it's DevOps or SDN or cloud or or whatever. Um, and and I think a lot of times that's what people bump into is like, how do I how do I do this? How do I do this in my environment? Because that guy down the hall isn't going to help me. Um, yep. So, what's <clears throat> next? Um. OpenStack. Let's talk about let's talk about OpenStack. Talk about the, um, the big O. Yeah, the big. We're going to talk about the big O here. So, so what do you think, Brian? 2013, good year, bad year, evolutionary year. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what, what's I mean, your I, what's your take? I've got my opinions, and and you know, again, uh, I have to throw in my my daily disclaimer of you know uh, the company and my day job is a you know. You're, Both you're a competitor an and embraces OpenStack all at the same time, and so it's a little awkward at times. But yeah. I, 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 I promise my opinions are completely bi- are, are non biased on this show. So. Yeah. so, but anyway, go ahead. So, so I'll go through the good, bad, the ugly. Um, on the good side, I think um, I think they keep making progress. I think the foundation keeps making progress. Um, you know, they they keep releasing uh, projects every six months. I think so from a consistency perspective. You know, when you get into an eighth release and you're still consistent in terms of doing that, just from a software development perspective and testing is is really impressive. Oh, absolutely. Um, That's probably the the biggest feather in their cap from yep. a project standpoint, without a doubt, is the way they have been able to just keep merchant. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that's good. I think you know all this infrastructure they have around to do continuous testing and continuous integration, and you know the fact that that they're having more people contribute code and they're able to, to maintain. I think that's all good. Um, I think, you know, they, they continue to have, uh, you know, referenceable customers or, you know, projects that stand up and go, Hey, we're using this stuff. So that's always a good sign. Um, you know, 
and I guess this is normal, but it, it feels like um, you know maybe it's maybe it's overhyped because of the the stakes that are out there. Is you know it feels like every time there's an event, you know, an OpenStack summit, it's you know it's rah rah, it's hooray, it's it's awesome. And then man, it feels like a lot of the rest of the year, the other you know between the the six month things, it's a lot of like here's the doom and gloom and the disasters, and they're not necessarily coming from their competitors. They're coming from people inside the community. And so, you know, that's got to be a little concerning uh, when, when that happens. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those two. The, the, so you, have, you also have to consider the asshat factor. So yeah. what, I, what I mean by that is OpenStack has achieved a critical mass when it comes to companies involved, developers involved, resources, people wanting to roll up their sleeves. And no matter what, you take 100 people, you're going to get a couple asshats. Yeah. It's, that's just law of population, right? <laughs> and so you, you have to also, every time somebody says something bad, you have to go, well, you know, are they just an asset? Yeah. But at the same time, I, I say that, but, but I also say it seems like some of the people that have been speaking up I don't. I wouldn't put in the asset category. Um, I would put in you know very credible people that are kind of going. Look, this isn't all unicorns and rainbows, right. and and that's probably the, the thing that probably worries me the bo- the most about OpenStack is. <clears throat> Um, it almost seems like, again, going back to the plumbing and moving ahead too quickly and always focusing on the new shiny, the thing that probably concerns me the most <clears throat> is the continuous um, um, implementation of new projects Yeah. when I don't necessarily feel like all the other core projects are as stable as they should be. And it's one of those, it's like, hey, you know, if there was one company in charge of this, well... That one company would be, you know, cracking the whip and focusing assets on the stuff that makes them money or should be making them money, as opposed to with it being open source, it definitely has a feel of, hey, all right, I'm going to go start this new project because I want to, or I'm going to go start this new project because my company can put resources behind it and we can control it and we can have, you know, put the the PTL in place and it all, you know, I, I worry sometimes that that it, I don't think it's ever going to go under, but you're going to have a fracturing of resources over time. Well, it's, um, it's, you know, the thing we've always said about OpenStack is, you know, and, and, and nobody from the OpenStack Foundation would ever sort of claim this, is, you know, because it's always like, hey, we're just on our own and we're, you know, we're, it's, it's, it's not about competition, but it's like, are you guys trying to go after the market segment that VMware kind of, I don't want to say owns, but, but plays in, or are you trying to go after the market segment that, that Amazon kind of plays in, whether that's in terms right. of like yep. where it's deployed enterprise-wise or whether it's application-wise, I still don't think they know what that is, right? Yep. And, and when you're fighting a two-headed, two-front war, that becomes very difficult. You know, you well, throw, and, you, you and throw yeah. in the fact you've got 100 companies that all have their own kind of agenda. I, I think the, the one, the biggest concern I would have, and I think the, the other stuff you talk about, you know, multiple projects and stuff not getting done and the fact that people still say it's hard to upgrade and implement and, you know, there, there's sort of no operation side to it is there isn't, you, you can't point to one implementation, one event, other than maybe Mirantis, who's obviously, you know, kind of the, the arms dealer of, of OpenStack. Like you can't point to any one company, any one implementation and go, they're heads and shoulders above everybody right? Like Rackspace or HP's cloud or anybody else, they're making a little bit of progress, but nobody has, has really, really stepped up and, and gotten way out ahead of people as sort of the, you know, the Netflix of, of OpenStack. And you kind of go, hmm, what's going on? Is it just 
level of maturity of the code? Is there something else going on there? That That's the piece that three or four years into it, when everybody's claiming, hey, we've won, that you go, really? Or has nobody started the race? Right. Yeah. So, and, I don't know. And, and here I would add this, too, from a you know technical standpoint. You mentioned this two-front war. My opinion of it all is it very you know when you look at the architecture of OpenStack and and the workloads that it ideally supports, it is definitely more of the Amazon style workloads. But at the same, yes. But at the same time, the vendors that are involved and the customers that want to consume it often want to consider it an open source V cloud. Yeah, and. The vCloud architecture and the workloads it ideally supports are completely different. And that is one thing a lot of people don't consider in all of this. And it almost feels like it's the wrong product trying to fit the wrong, the wrong market at times. And they're trying to make a lot of development efforts to make it fit and to make it be open source vCloud. But it originally wasn't designed to be that. And the reason they did that is because, quite frankly, the enterprise, because let's let's be honest, the end of the day, the enterprise is where the money is. The the enterprise looks at that and goes, "Yeah, I don't want that. I want something that's like vCloud." Well, and that, <laughs> and, and, and that and that might that might be the key word of it is right. You sort of said sort of wrong product at the wrong time is it's it's not a product, right? So I mean, right. you know, the people that are productizing it, whether it's a piston or a nebula or whatever, are almost too small to go compete against a, a VMware. And so if somebody wants a VMware replacement. You're gonna you're gonna go into a meeting and go I'd like a VMware replacement and at one side of the table is gonna be VMware going well that doesn't sound like fun and then you've got you know no offense to the piston cloud guys because we like them a ton but you know if one of the piston cloud guys walks in there with a mohawk and a goofball uh, bow tie you're gonna go huh this is is this a circus or are you actually trying to sell stuff to my business and right. you know there is there is a huge you know back to the opportunity list there is a huge opportunity if somebody wanted to go look i'd like to build a version of vcloud using openstack technology that's one third the price and i can go after that but you can't do it sort of as a sideshow you know, or you know or doing it on nothing but headlines that have nothing behind them because you're yep. building a product for to compete with amazon or to yep. tell your customers hey all your applications are crap you have to rewrite them right you know so yeah, and yeah, I'll say one more thing about that. And don't get me wrong, I feel like we're OpenStack bashing here. Um, but I, I think we're being very honest um, about things that have gone on in the industry here. But the, the one other thing I would say is, yeah, the number one thing I've seen in probably 2013, which I think backlashed and it self-corrected, was exactly what you were saying of... Uh, too, uh, too many pe- too many of the OpenStack folks are originally going. Look, you just need to rewrite all your stuff to be like us, and mm-hmm. y- you don't you don't walk into a customer's office and go, "Yeah, you're doing it wrong. Let me show you how to do it right," and then you write me a big check. They, that, that's not how sales works. No, and I th- no. I think I think everyone figured that out, and I think that going forward, I I do think the OpenStack Foundation and you know a lot of the people involved, they have now realized, hey. This is the market we want to go after. This is the product we need to go into that market. And I, I do think a lot of these issues in 2013 will self-correct in yeah. 2014. Yeah, um, that'll be an interesting thing to watch. So um, I think you know, I think the execution is there. I think it has has critical mass, and I think it 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 definitely 2014. 
I would go out on the limb and, you know, we hadn't really done much on predictions, but I will say 2014 is, will be a make or break year for OpenStack. Yeah, I think it'll either be sort of a make or break year, although, um, you know, I think it's going to be hard because it, it's hard to sort of get focused in one year. I think, I think the biggest thing we'll see, my, my sort of prediction out of it is, um, I think we'll see some of these littler companies that, that do OpenStack, you know, so, so a Piston or a Nebula or whatever that have talent. Um, I think they get acquired, and I think yeah. I don't. I don't think they get acquired because people, you know, want to buy their customers. Like tends to happen with. I, I think they're going to get acquired because the amount of talent around OpenStack is still somewhat condensed around you know five, six, eight companies. And it's going to be AccuHires. Yeah, they're going to yeah, and uh, you know, Mirantis isn't on the table, but I think Nebula, I think Piston Cloud, I think you know a few of those guys will get snatched up, or you'll see people you know take a bunch of people from Red Hat or something. Um, you know whether that's a an HP or Red Hat acquires them, or uh, you know a Cisco or somebody who's on the server side of things, maybe Dell. Although Dell, I don't think will, but something like that, I think is going to end up happening. You'll see some consolidation. So you uh, mentioned some traditional vendors there. So <clears throat> traditional vendors versus public cloud, um, and sometimes it's the <laughs> sometimes it's the exact same company. But what do you think about 2014 and positioning of of traditional vendors versus public clouds, I think, I think we are we're we're at a stage where, in the past, everybody played by the same rules, which was basically, um, I'm I you know if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a vendor if I'm a technology vendor I make the product and then I either sell it directly or I sell it through a channel, um, and it goes to a customer and it's capex based and maybe I I might sell it to a service provider and they try and resell it and you know, and I think we're going to get into 2014 and every company, uh, especially traditional, what you'd consider sort of a traditional vendor company is going to have to decide which rules am I playing by? Because Amazon doesn't play by those rules. Microsoft Azure doesn't Google, you know, everybody who's a public cloud, you know, even people like Adobe are saying I'm willing to play by different rules. Um, And I think every one of those guys is going to have to figure out which rules am I going to play by? And am I going to optimize around those rules? And am I going to stick with it? Because, When, when you have a mix of CapEx versus OpEx ways of buying, you can go direct to your customers or you can cut out your channel partners and your channel partners can, you know, or your technology partners can, you know, buy the technology and, and do it, them, you know, build their own stack or whatever it is. That, that I think to me is the biggest thing. And then obviously the, the flip side of that is, you know, what do, what do margins and sales things and all those stuff look like? But I think, I think if you're a company and, you're, and you can't decide which rules you want to play by, you're, you're going to struggle in 2014. So let me ask you a, a more direct question about that. If you're a traditional vendor, do you need to have a public cloud offering to go forward? Because Microsoft has one, IBM has one, HP has one, VMware has one. I think that's all the big ones right now, right? Um, EMC is kind of covered through VMware. Yeah, and um, Pivotal. Yep. Right, and, and so where does that leave... Cisco. Where does that leave some of these other companies who don't necessarily have a public cloud? Is that going to hurt them long term? I, I I tend to think you have to. Um, I mean, my my gut says you have to. I know the downside of that is you're you know you're you're cutting off channels that maybe were huge revenue sources before. I, I kind of think you have to because that's how people that's how people consume stuff these days. It would sort of be like saying, well, we make an awesome application, but there's no iPhone app for it, and there's no Android app because well. That, that we don't do that 
And right. Um, you got to change to the customer buying. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's you know I think that's what it ultimately comes down to. Um, I, the other thing for me, you know, as I look at all these at all these traditional vendors, is a lot of them have a whole bunch of of assets and money and stuff lined up, but they're maybe not necessarily organized as as well as they need to, right? So you look at like an EMC federation, lots of pieces, but still somewhat separated. You've got Cisco, which has been buying all these assets, but you know the the cloud management stuff's over in one business unit, and the servers are in a different business unit, and the storage stuff is you know the networking stuff's in a different group. And you know the reality is that sounds awesome when the CEO talks about it, but if you're an end customer and you want to buy it, you know the last thing you want to deal with is three different sales guys or three different quotas or three different you know like. It, when you're comparing yourself against Amazon, which is like, I just buy what I want, people are going to have to figure out, is that what I want to, you know, is that a game I want to play? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but but you've got to do it in the customer's mindset, not what's in the best interest of your internal organization sometimes. Yeah, but let me ask you another question too. And this is, um, so, so for those that don't know, my wife does real estate. And in real estate, there's a, there's a theory, and that is the customer is always wrong. And what we mean by that, it's actually kind of funny, is the customer will tell you what they want. Like, oh, I want a house that's like this and like this and like this. Yeah, Nine faster, times out of, I want a faster yeah. buggy whip, not a car. Yeah. Right. Nine times out of ten, it, at the end of the day, that's not the house they really want. And you have to, like, take them in, talk about some things, and figure out what they really want, and then go show them what they ultimately really want. Right. Right. And, and so what I'm, where I'm going with that is, do we, have, do we have customers out there saying, I want this public cloud option, but at the end of the day, may or may not be using it? Because uh, it goes back to that previous topic of, of, you know, how much is the go faster mentality really evident? There's a I want it versus I'm going to consume it aspect. I, well, of everything. That, so, so I agree with you. There's times when, when you, you, you want something, but you don't necessarily realize why you want it it just sounds i i think the i think this i want the public cloud thing is actually driven by the vendors because we've we've sat there and we go look in order to to take something to market we have to divide it into chunks so that analysts can put it into buckets and people can categorize it and people can recognize i think at the end of the day sure blame the analysts no 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 no. i mean i i think here's the thing here's the here's the thing um so uh and i'll keep this short like um, Bezos, the guy from Amazon, tends to go, look, what, do you, what, what can you guarantee that your customers are all going to want? Well, one of those in his mind is people are never going to want to pay more than they pay today for something, right? They're always, they'd like to pay the same or less. And so they build their business around that. I think if you're, if you're thinking about what your customers want, I, I don't think there's any customers who go, we would like to be slower in our business. And at the end of the day, that's the, that's the overwhelming characteristic that if you use some sort of public cloud service, or even if you do a well-run private cloud service, that's what you're ultimately giving people. And, and so that's the thing I think as a, as a vendor or a VAR or an integrator or a technology community you have to be thinking about is, are you making stuff that when it comes time to consume it, you know, build it, buy it, whatever, it's going to help you go somewhat faster. And I, and I don't think that characteristic goes away. Um, you know, whether or not you do it as a CapEx and it goes faster or an OpEx and goes faster or it's public or private, I think is sort of irrelevant. But I think if, if you're not figuring out how to make it so that your customer has an opportunity to, to get it faster, um, whether it's food or technology or information or whatever, 
I, I think you're going to struggle. I think I think you're looking at things the wrong way. But that's my two cents. Yep. So, oh, I agree. all right, I agree. Um, so let me ask you this: Moving on to 2014, we already talked about. We think there's going to be OpenStack consolidation. What else yeah. do you think is going to go on, man? Let's let's actually make some predictions. Okay, let's make some predictions. Um, I, I think I think uh, on the enterprise side of things, I think it will be a a huge year of very very contestable proof of concepts, whether it's SDN concepts. Uh, whether it's flash technology, you know, proofs of concepts and stuff, because because we now have a lot of product, uh, a lot of technology that's that's there and viable. Um, so, I think if you're if you're a customer of those things, boy, you're going to have everybody lining up, and you're going to be able to proof of concept stuff. Um, and, and I think the other side of that is because all these technologies are now viable, you know, some partnerships that were very viable before are going to be a little bit cumbersome. Um, Right. I think those will be big, and I and I think I talked about that early on. Like I think there's some there's some wars brewing, and if you're a customer, that might be awesome for you because you're going to get a bunch of stuff that is way better than it was before. But it also might be super complicated for you because you're like, good God, I just want to consume. I don't want to have to put up with your politics, Mister Vendor or Mister SI or Mister whatever. Yeah, well, and and I think so. You kind of always see pendulums swinging back and forth, right? And for the longest time. The pendulum has has swung kind of towards, hey, this is my storage company, this is my compute, yep. this is my software, this is whatever, whatever. But I think the pendulum is coming back the other way to where we're starting to see um, infrastructure stacks. And I don't necessarily mean like, you know, the VC, VBlock kind of stacks. But I do, what I do mean by that is y- you are definitely seeing VMware kind of, you know, going into other companies' territories at this point. And you see Microsoft going into other companies. And so what actually I think will happen is 2014 will start to be a move towards um, more of a customers going with a, I shouldn't say single vendor, but certainly less vendors because the vendors are overlapping so much now. Um, to where, hey, you know, we are we are more of a Microsoft shopper. We are more of a VMware shopper. We are more of a Cisco shopper. You know, pick any one of those out there because everything is getting so complex yep. by going with single source stacks that hopefully are integrated at some level. And if they're not integrated, at least you have single source support behind them. That it may it will make standing up, you know, SDN cloud, any of these other things, much more viable and allow people to get through these proof of concepts. I've seen in 2013 and even 2012, I saw a lot of proof of concepts go horribly wrong. Um, And a lot of those were around just honestly getting the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle in the right places. Yeah. And I think that that that's very much uh, something that's going to be happening this year. Yeah. And I I think that that's that's the trade-off people are going i'll trade i'll trade speed and simplicity for good enough and we'll see if that works itself out it's hard for technologists to give up sort of best of best of breed best of right i was just gonna ask is 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 2014 the the death of best of breed which as a technologist that's almost horrible to even think of or say but is that what customers are going to do I, I, uh, I, I think it's been evolving to that. I think it's been, I, well, I think it's been evolving to the technology is so good that good enough is good enough, right? And, um, you know, there's always going to be the hardcore folks, but, but when everything becomes more complicated, it's like, hey, it's good enough, it's fast enough, it's, and simplicity and speed win over, you know, the, the best of the best of the super ultra platinum, you know, um, 
coded stuff. So, and I, and I, I don't know if the this main analogy, market. Yeah, and I don't know if this analogy works for our worldwide listeners, but here in the United States, you know, Walmart is the one of the biggest re- retailers in the country, and what Fortune Forbes Fortune One aren't they the biggest yeah, Fortune yeah, customers? So. At the end of the day, what happened with with Walmart? It became a Walmart world. You know, it was a bunch of different best of breed shops uh, out there, and then Walmart came along, and we're like, "Hey, we're big, we're consolidated, we're good enough," and everyone flocked to them. And so, has has technology become a Walmart world? That's a good question. That might have to be one of our shows for 2014. Yeah. All right, man. So we've been yapping for a long, long time. Uh, yep. What do we got coming up for? We, we're we're going into year four of the Cloudcast next year. We've we've literally uh, been doing this longer than I think Nirvana was a band. Um, so, <laughs> and and if anybody is still listening, thank you, and we're amazed. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so what what do we got planned real quickly for for 2014? And uh, are we going to keep going in 2014? Well, we got to do a Final Fantasy draft. We Ooh. keep saying we're going to, and we got to update the website. Well, I should say I need to update the website. Maybe you just needed to take that over. I don't know. No. But I'm anyway, <laughs> we need to, we, we, we got a refre- website refresh coming. We've got some other potential branching out opportunities like we always seem to want to be doing coming. Um, we've got some more mobile casts coming. Hopefully. Uh, Brian's, yes. got a, Brian's got a dog and Google Glasses now, so we may never see another mobile cast, but we hope he does because people like him. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, we, we definitely, I, I'd say the biggest thing is. Keep following that that cutting edge, the bleeding edge areas that that we've been following because it seems to be where people are the most interested. Yep. Um, and for whatever reason, people seem to like the Final Fantasy ones. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I we think, need to do a Final Fantasy if, if nothing. Yeah, I else. think I think the big thing that we've been talking about doing, if we ever get around to doing it, we've we've been talking about partnering with some of the other podcasts that are doing. We do cloud. People are doing social. We're trying to find a big data podcast. Brian's doing the mobile stuff. Um, we're hoping to try and consolidate a little bit of stuff. They'll be their own feeds because people have complained about that, which we hear. We're going to fix that. Uh, we'd like to give you guys sort of a one source for this third generation platform that is social and mobile and cloud and analytics. And um, so that's our goal for 2014. If we get there, we'll see. We've got to find some free time. But um, I guess I should wrap it up. Thank you to everybody who keeps listening to us. 55 shows in one year was a lot. Um, you know, we tripled our audience. We tripled our our, uh, our downloads and listens. And so to thank you to everybody for that. And uh, again, thank you for making donations for the show, for the Children's Hospital and for the Krispy Kreme. And uh, you want to take us home for one final time in 2013? Sure, absolutely. You can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcastnet or on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything Cloudcast. Happy uh, 2014, everybody, and thanks for listening. 